what the man said or the woman that was not a man <laughs> the woman said shit and that's oh, what i'm shit. here to say shit yeah what a crazy day yeah today has been a crazy day oh 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 <laughs> let's listen oh uh, yeah it's been crazy let me turn the music down okay. we uh that was blau if you guys don't know who that is it was it is. It still is. It's still Blau. <laughs> he's still here. He's with us. Yeah, he's with Not us here in spirit. In the studio. Yeah. On today's episode of Euclid and Oaks, we had Ron Stoner, and we found out that it that is actually his real name. That's you should you know it's a spoiler. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll go ahead and spoil it. That is his actual real name. Mm-hmm. I thought instantly when I heard his name is Ron Stoner and I'm sure he said that he hears it all the time I was yeah. like oh you're in security and a <laughs> hacker and everything and sure that's your real name but no it really is, really is his real name? we we had a great talk with old Ronnie Ronnie baby Ronnie baby uh wow we hit it off right away I never we never <laughs> spoken to Ron we didn't know him from Adam but uh I don't know Adam either but through the weirdness that is crypto twitter and social media we just happened to cross paths and we we're in a clubhouse with lop and casa and ron yeah. and all of a sudden the next thing we know we're talking to ron so that's exciting and fun mm-hmm. uh we we covered all kinds of stuff yeah you're gonna ask me what we covered aren't you what did we cover because I, I, I noticed you like looked at me sideways kind of well how about instead of we talking about what we covered you guys actually watch the show and you can see what we covered wide range of topics uh of by the way we recorded that with ron a couple of days ago it's mm-hmm. now uh what day is today friday friday yeah and we just hit fifty five thousand dollars bitcoin did wow that's wow. amazing <laughs> it just keeps going up it's like it's crazy. Um, today was a crazy day. Today we, yeah, we got to hang out with Bootsy Collins at Eclectic Method. They yeah. dropped their first NFT. That was awesome. And the reserve has been met. So congratulations <sighs> to both of them. Yes, 8F reserve was met. That is awesome. And uh, from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have a 24-hour thing. By the time you guys hear this, uh, it'll be over and somebody owns that bad boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Eclectic Method and um, Bootsy Collins. We got to hang out with them today in, in Clubhouse, and then we streamed the Clubhouse through the Token Smart Discord. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool and, people there. Yeah, those people are awesome and went off without a hitch. Yeah, you did good. I was mm. proud. Proud of you. Yeah, so that was fun. All right, guys, we got to shout out uh, our sponsors as always. Uh, thank you, Lisa of Coast to Coast Signings Yay, and Gala, <laughs> Gala Games. Why did you snicker? What was that? Because uh, I messed up the name. I said oh. Gala Names. <laughs> um, well, it's close. If you guys don't know uh, what Gala is, you got to check it out. There is a link in the description of this video. Uh, you got to check out Gala, guys. You got to start playing Townstar. Yeah. That, the thing about Townstar... You're going to say the same thing you say about Townstar. No, I'm going to say that um, that's just like uh, our friend told us. He gave us the uh, the tagline. He said, the road to Miranda's is through Townstar. That's right. And uh, that's true. And Townstar is a game that they have out right now. But you guys just wait until you see Miranda. So check out Gala Games. Right? Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah. What else they have going? <laughs> oh, I know what. Oh, last night. My brain is fried. I mean, the thing I, that I know, happened today. I'm, I'm still like, oh. Whoa, the thing that happened today with uh, Eclectic Method and I know. Bootsy, well, we, that was see, crazy. We, I'm like. We streamed like for an hour or more of like, them. Yeah, right? an hour and a half. An hour. And then there was a two-hour DJ set. Yeah. Which is not just a DJ set. It's like a video. It was fun. Yeah, it's crazy. You've got to check it out. It's yeah, Friday's one. Smart. Discord. Friday's 1 p.m. Eastern. Every Friday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was happening. Uh, something that's really cool. Was it last night we did the Gravy Gang? Yes. Yeah, last <laughs> night. Last night we did the live stream. Uh, we did the live stream secret Gravy Gang meeting. Very secret. Uh, Jason Bitbender joined us. He and he dropped some interesting tidbits, didn't he? No. Didn't he tell us some uh, secret knowledge? No, he said knowledge? he couldn't tell us oh, any Oh, he couldn't secret. even tell us. <laughs> you don't even know. But he did make it. He did announce that the um, Galacon is coming up. It uh, is. February 27th, I believe. 27th and 28th, I think so. Yeah, because it's multiple days. So. And it's part Soon. of the... Just like, oh, I got this shirt. Nice. Uh, from uh, Eth Denver sent that to us, from to me. Yeah. Oh, I got a polka dot shirt. And Tamara got a polka dot shirt. <laughs> um, it's the same gamer jib, gamer jibe, jibe. the same like platform mm -hmm. that this that Denver was went through mm -hmm. uh, is for the Galacon. So that's going to be super fun. So yeah, super excited. So you yeah. guys make sure you check out our live video, our video yesterday that we did with the Gravy Gang and check out gala games mm -hmm. and uh yeah get started because create an account and start playing town star and you'll have fun and then eventually when marinas comes out you're gonna be like blown away because we own how many homesteads do we own honey i mean do you need to brag about your no I'm, I'm just i want to brag because we're going to be the i always say this we're going to be yes, the uh the slumlords of marandas we're gonna we're gonna rent out our homesteads because that's the cheapest property you can get <laughs> And we snatched a few of those, and yeah. Yeah, exciting. All how, right, guys. How are you doing in Townstar, by the way? I have not been playing. Oh. I should, but I ain't. Why? We need to make some more videos for that. Yeah, we uh, we could. All right, let's not just dilly-dally around and anything. Let's get right to the interview. This is our friend Ron Stoner with mm -hmm. CASA. You guys enjoy this. Sit back, relax. If you're listening to this as a podcast, uh, just imagine our faces up on the screen and Ron is up on the screen and we're, you know, yeah, talking and he's got guitars in the background. So and, I saw and albums, albums. Yeah. yeah. But if you're watching this on YouTube, you don't have to imagine any of that stuff. It's right there for you. So, right. all right, guys, really cool guy. Check it out. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, without further ado, this is our interview with Mr. Ron Stoner. Mr. Stoner. Casa. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> All right. Okay, Mr. Ron Stoner, if that's your actual name. I feel like it's not, though. <laughs> it is legally. That is actually my name. Uh, I get jokes. I get asked about it all the time. And growing up was interesting because my dad was a police officer. So ah. that was an interesting experience. Whoa. That's funny. Okay, I swore. <laughs> well, when Tamara and I saw that you were, you know, the security guy at Casa, we were like, okay, well, that's obviously not his real name. Right. So. But you're saying that actually is. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Stoner born and raised. That's oh, cool. Nice. I like it. It's uh, a good last name. Do you smoke marijuana, sir? <laughs> uh, I happen to live in a state that treats people like adults and allows them to do what they want in their free time. So wow. I won't comment, but take that for what it's worth. Lucky you. <laughs> yeah, we live in what's called the Bible Belt. Yeah. And here we are not allowed to do much of anything other mm -hmm. than to go to church every you, Sunday. You can shoot your guns loudly in a neighborhood, uh, oh, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah, you're allowed to uh, own, you know, uh, multiple, you know, obviously I'm I'm fine with people owning guns, obviously, yeah, but it's uh, here it's more like you're allowed to wear them on your hip right. and go to Walmart. But you, know. you you can shoot them in a neighborhood, which is crazy because they're a little loud. Yeah, our neighbor likes to shoot his guns every weekend. Uh, we're in a little residential neighborhood, but um, uh, but you cannot smoke the devil's lettuce here. Yeah. So yeah, you can't partake in uh, adult beverages on the weekend or adult substances. That's that's crazy. Yeah, it's um, well, we used to live in an area like I don't drink, but uh, we used to live in an area where on Sunday you couldn't even buy oh yeah liquor. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. 
Close. They rope the place off. Yeah. Yeah. They they rope the whole section off in the grocery store. (laughs) It's like you cannot go in there. (laughs) Yeah, from I'm originally East Coast, like Delaware, Philadelphia area, and supermarkets they didn't carry any of that. So when I would go to other states and see that available in supermarkets, it was it was mind blowing to me. Yeah. Okay. So uh First of all, I went on your Twitter today and I saw your video where you tweeted about that balloon thing that happened in <laughs> 1986. First of all, I oh, didn't, yeah, balloon fest. Yeah. First of all, I didn't even I'm 44, so that was still, you know, my time, but I didn't know that happened. I don't remember that. That's that was crazy. Like, so first of all, I was thinking, well, what's going to be the big disaster? I was thinking maybe the balloons were going to all catch on fire or something or like you know with the power lines why but oh, okay power the, lines, the thing it. the the bat well obviously the the um environmental impact of releasing that many balloons you know and they all ended up obviously in the water no they disappeared <laughs> but at the end she's like oh well thankfully all the balloons have just gone away and they're not impacting the the thing and then mm-hmm. it said they ended up in uh canada but <laughs> the thing about it was the um there was two fishermen that uh went missing and yeah. because of all the balloons in the water they couldn't find the guys and the both guys drowned so that's crazy. yeah balloon fest balloon fest 86 for people that don't know what we're talking about it's one of those great internet black holes that I've gone down where I spent way too much time one night reading about it and watching all the video. And it was uh, in the 80s, sometime in the mid 80s. I'm an 80s kid. And it's one of those things I never heard of either. Um, I've heard of a lot of different urban legends and lore and stories. And like the United Way was trying to go for a Guinness World Record of releasing 1 million or 2 million balloons. And they had a bunch of issues with the event and storms coming in. So they ended up releasing them. And as you said, there was all these environmental impacts and they couldn't find two people that drowned as a result of it. And there's video of guys on the boat, the rescuers looking, and it's just a sea of balloons in the water around them. It's surreal. Yeah. One of those cool, weird things that happen that you just get into and consume. So something that struck me that was very odd was the the um, the guy interviewing the woman. He kept touching her. <laughs> Did you notice that? Like he kept like he grabbing. Was. He like and then fixed he, like, her shirt. <laughs> yeah, he's like fixing her shirt. Then they he kissed her. He did he, the old. Uh, wait, was that game show host that kissed everybody? Uh, yeah, the, the Family uh, Feud guy. Family Feud. Oh, what uh, is his name? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Saturday Night Live makes fun of that. But I thought like, okay, so it reminded me that back in the '80s, everyone was very touchy feely. You know, yeah. it was okay to like inappropriately touch females and stuff on camera yeah and it was also weird that they kept like referring to i don't remember where it was uh but they said the mistake in the lake or something that was like the the um the wherever that town was i don't remember where it was but uh that was the nickname was called mistake we're no longer the mistake in the lake anymore ladies and gentlemen (laughs) we've uh successfully released a billion balloons yeah, I feel like or Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland, Cleveland always gets okay. crapped on, and like they tried to go for something great, and unfortunately, it just backfired again. Foot guns. Another mistake. All right, yeah. so <laughs> you're obviously a musician. Um, Favorite is, instrument that you play? Um, probably guitar. I, I think that's my primary instrument. Acoustic or? No, I'm in a, an electric guitar. So being an 80s kid, I grew up with all the, the hard rock and metal, Metallica, you know, Pantera, Slayer, ACDC, and then oh, wow. moved on as time progressed. But those are always kind of my core favorites was the, the hard rock and the metal. So, you know, Boss, Metal Zone, Distortion Pedal, crank it up to 11 and let's go. So I see your album collection behind you. You've got Zeppelin, oh, yeah. you've got Fleetwood Mac, you've Fleetwood got Mac, Beatles, yeah. you've got um, David Bowie, David Bowie, and you've got Metallica. Metallica. Very nice eclectic collection there. Um well, it's not that eclectic. That's pretty. That's pretty standard fare for that time <laughs> period. I'm a huge Beatles fan. Um, I'm a huge Zeppelin fan. I see that you're missing Pink Floyd, though. I'm very disappointed. <laughs> I'm sure you've got uh, a huge Pink, huge Pink Floyd fan. I, I don't have any of the uh, the vinyl to hang up though, unfortunately. Uh, okay, Aww. I've got a white yeah. up. Um, I mean the uh, the wall. Uh, somewhere Tamara got me the. Yeah, the I got wall. you some really cool figurines too from um, the wall. Yeah, yeah, this really big, like, cool plastic figure thing. of the cartoon wall the weird like yeah, the uh, weird, like trippy. the mom and yeah and the flower and like, stuff yeah i was gonna say that's one of my favorite movies i was talking with my wife about that recently because i don't believe she's ever seen it and what? i just could not explain it to her how 
how trippy and how weird that movie is, but you come out of it questioning kind of everything and all the systems. And it, yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, it's, it's good. a great album. I think it's like one of the perfect albums. You know, the whole thing's like a story. Um, I watched that uh, that movie when I was tripping on LSD when I was young. And I don't recommend that. If anyone's ever oh, yeah? thought about it, don't do it. I mean, um, it was fine for me. It was weird. Um, <laughs> so, uh, okay, before we get into, the, like, the crypto stuff, and, you know, we're not, our show isn't heavy talk, you know, like, into the technical side of stuff, but we'll get to there eventually, obviously. But um, We'll circle around. Yeah. What was I going to say? Oh, something cool. We, we don't know you, by the way. We've literally never even spoke uh, we just just happened. We were um, on Clubhouse, and I don't even remember oh, how. Yeah. <laughs> and we were we were speaking to uh, we were on a in a room, uh-huh. and then um, anyway, we ended up getting hooked up with Emily. Who? Uh, well, said, we were in a room with Lop. Oh right, and, and they were talking about Casa. We got to ask him a question. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. that's right. We I did. asked him like the best questions, you know. Yeah, Tamara asked him what his social security number was. Well, I also asked him if he likes cats, which he doesn't. So I heard you couldn't heard you couldn't crack him. You couldn't get the social. Yeah, he could. He wouldn't. <laughs> he was, budge. He, you know, he did. He did uh, say it was out there. So. <laughs> uh, but so yeah, so we were able to. We talked to Emily, and she said you were available. So we said hell yeah, because uh, now I did a little bit of research on you. You at one point were a uh, a hacker, correct? A gray hat. Yes, I, uh, more starting off on the black hat side. Ah. So the underground back in the days, way back in the days of CompuServe, America Online, using sites like Anti Online to learn about computers. And then kind of as time went on with different things that happened in the country and different laws and legislations, uh, moved more towards the gray hat, white hat side. So taking some of those skills I learned in the underground and then applying those to how can I help businesses? How can I do a career out of this instead of you know ending up in jail? So you, that's good. <laughs> I, I don't remember where I read this, but uh, you were, it was, um, you said like during the 9 11 days, it actually became like, uh, was it like a terrorist offense or something to be a hacker? Like they could peg, pin you with being like a domestic terrorism or some shit like that? Yeah. Prior to that, I think it was all, everything was based off the Telecommunications Act of the 80s, where were you going over state lines? That was always a big thing. Hack within your state. Don't use different phone services. And then that all kind of changed with um, some of the intelligence programs and and events that happened, specifically September 11th, the Patriot Act, the DMCA, the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. A lot of people on the internet kind of started taking power back and regulating some of this stuff. And I think in, in a system Unfortunately, you need some of that, but when you go too far, you're controlling it and you're censoring people. So when that happened, I had to make a decision, you know, do I want to stay underground and kind of go through all of the steps to protect identity and make sure nobody ever finds out who you are and 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 kind of run that 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 bandit lifestyle? Or can I can I take this and take these skills and move those into business? Can I start talking to people? Can I start consulting and advising? Can I hack and get paid for it on a daily basis? And that kind of opened my eyes up to this stuff and, and really slingshotted me into the industry hardcore. That's cool. Yeah. The, um, okay, so I watched a documentary about like the very first hacker. They called him, uh, it was the guy who found the whistle in the, um, in the uh, serial. What was his name? That was Captain Crunch. Captain I don't believe Crunch. he was the first, first hacker. He was one of the big first freakers, though, phone okay. hackers. Who, right. Yeah, I identified that. Yeah, so he figured out that if you uh, the the whistle that came in the Captain Crunch, this documentary was about like hacking and freaking and all that stuff, and and he he found a whistle that was in the uh, Captain Crunch cereal as a toy, and back in the day, a lot of you young kids don't know this, but uh, <laughs> back in the day, you would get toys inside of cereal boxes, like, like cool ones, yeah, kind cool of. stuff, yeah. like Matchbox cars <laughs> and whist- this cool stuff. So he figured that if you blew the the whistle, it was the right tone into like a, the old school, like these were, I think, the rotary or maybe the old school push button phones, that it would allow you to like make unlimited uh, phone calls, calls and stuff, oh, right? Like long like distance, long distance calls. yeah. Ah. Um, that's cool. I had a code. Someone gave me a code that I typed in and I could make all these long distance phone calls with this code. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing, but it yeah. did work for a very long I time until I went to my grandparents' house for Christmas and called all of my friends forever and then got a call from my grandparents saying, hey, <laughs> there's a little bit of a bill. <laughs> so 
So yeah, that that period was super fun. I, I kind of started out in freaking because it was easier to play around with phones in the phone system. You had a phone right there as opposed to needing an ISP with online service, uh, 4,400 baud modem at the time or 56K. Like right. those were the entries, the barrier to entry. So freaking was easy because as you said, you could get this little plastic whistle that blew a 2,600 Hertz tone, blow it into the phone. And if it was using the phone switch, the trunking system that signaled with that and the communication was in band, which means those system signals are going over the same channel your voice communications are going, it's gonna start manipulating it. So that stuff worked for a long time. And even after they turned that off in the US and kind of upgraded everything to these new digital systems and doing the out of band signaling where the system commands are separate from the voice channel, this stuff all still worked in kind of third world countries because their phone systems were a lot older and it took a lot longer for them to upgrade the systems. So if you were a freaker that was trying to do things back in that time and it wasn't working here, you would just dial into another country and start running around and all of that stuff would still work all the compared to the text files and all the information that was out there on this time on how these systems work and how to take advantage of them. So um, something I used to do, I had a uh, this really badass, like it was, uh, remember Radio Shack had its own brand called Realistic. And I had this um, scanner. It was like a tabletop scanner, and it would actually uh, it picked up the frequencies that like um, wireless phones. And I'm not talking like cell phones. I'm talking like back in the yeah. day. You know, you had wireless phones uh, at your in your home, and it, this one would actually pick up like those conversations. Um, and then, but now I guess everything's uh, different. You can't do that. But um, I don't know. They might still actually work i haven't tried to listen to my neighbors but um used to be able to like you know pick up all the police but now they've all switched to uh encrypted so you can't hear the cops anymore um (laughs) that was kind of fun but something that was weird too like i lived we lived in like a condo when i was younger and i had a radio it was like a um it was like a shower radio it was like you could put it in the shower right and i remember i could we were right by like a cell phone tower. And I remember on a certain frequency, I would pick up these little short clips of messages. <laughs> and what it was, I realized was back in the day, they were pagers. You could leave little minute, like little small pager messages. And oh, yeah? I think that's what I was picking up. And it was totally weird that I could get it on my little radio. Hmm. Um, there's no point in my story. I'm yeah. just kind of <laughs> recollecting. Uh, so, but that happens nowadays, <laughs> Yeah. I, <laughs> nowadays, things are much, you know, more complicated, uh, you know, and y- what what are some of the things we need to worry about? Let's transition <laughs> a little bit. You know, obviously, like you guys are, we'll, we'll talk a little crypto here. You guys are in the business, Casa's in the business of keeping the cryptos, your Bitcoin safe. And from what I could tell, it's more for like the guys who have a bunch of Bitcoin. Like it's, to me, it seems like it's, it's more catered. Is that to, a question or a statement? To that uh, clientele, like the really, like the guys who like have a shitload and they're like, help me keep this stuff safe. And, um, you know, make the, cause the other issue you have not only with, you know, screwing up and accidentally losing your own crypto is how do you, give it to your kids or your spouse if something happens to you because a lot of us you know we're crypto nerds and we know how to do all this stuff you know we know how to interact with our wallets and things but typically average person doesn't know what the fuck to do and how to access their bitcoin so you guys are trying to help that along too right yeah you you ask a lot of interesting questions there and um casa tries to help facilitate that for customers. You mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, this is only for people that have large amounts of Bitcoin. And I, I I would counter that by saying, you know, if you had two Bitcoin five or 10 years ago, that may not have been worth that much to you, but right. how much is that worth to you today, right? right? So where are we gonna be in the next five or 10 years from now? Right. So if you're not taking the steps to protect that stuff or thinking in that mindset, uh, that's what I would really advise people is, don't look at the value today, look at where you think it's gonna go and then evaluate your system and go, am I really secure? Do I have redundancy? Am I thinking about the things I need to be thinking about? Plus the stuff that I don't even know are the risks that are out there. So we have a couple different packages that are out there and and we basically offer a multi-signature solution where the the safest way to kind of store your Bitcoin. And those packages change based off of how many hardware wallets, which is basically an offline 
device that manages keys. It's a private key manager. And instead of having one of those or having just your Electrum Bitcoin wallet or something on your phone, we split it. So we can split it between three keys or five keys potentially. And what that does is it removes a lot of single points of failure that I think people don't realize they have today. So if you're a crypto user, uh, a lot of the wallets will have you write down the 12 or 24 seed words, you know, correct horse, battery, staple, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then people are throwing that in a safe. Well, how do you know you wrote that down correctly? Have you ever really restored from that? Have you tried that? What happens if that paper gets wet and the letters get smudged? Are you going to have an easy time or a tough time going through trying to figure that all out? And then the other thing I'll mention with that is some, some users are using hardware wallets, which is great, but that hardware wallet's also a single point of failure. So if I'm the type of person where I keep my $50,000 in Bitcoin on the ledger in my office, what happens when my office gets broken into and the ledger gets stolen and the safe gets stolen with my seed word? So it's things like that. What happens when the house burns down and you forget to grab the safe or the safe wasn't rated for the correct fire rating? Hmm. So by doing a multi-signature setup like that, we're, we're kind of removing all of those risks. And then we put other stuff on top with client advisors where we're doing that, that individual touch point with all of our customers to really understand their concerns and talk them through the product. So do you guys actually hold the private keys for my Bitcoin? The ability- we hold one out of the key set. And this uh -huh. is, I think, something that's an educational opportunity for people. I can never take your funds. I can never move your funds. Right. Because in order to do that, you need a quorum of keys. You would either uh -huh. need two out of three or three out of five or, or whatever setup would be applicable to your security posture. Mm -hmm. So by me holding one, I need to compromise two other keys in that key set. And that's going to be hard for me to do. I'm also incented as a cost employee to ensure that the product's built correctly and uh, securely and we're not doing those things. But we, we operate under a don't be evil principle. So even if I wanted to or somebody financially motivated me, I could not move your funds if I wanted to. There's no technical way for me to do it based off of a multi-signature setup. Now, some people don't like that, but what that really buys you is availability. So if you have multiple hardware keys in one, you go to boot it up to sign a transaction and you've got one or two other keys next to you, you need that other one. What happens when the hardware device doesn't turn on or you don't have the seed or you can't remember your pin? Mm -hmm. And in that case, that's when you can contact us to do verification and we'll sign with that CASA key that we hold. And that basically gives you a level of redundancy, keeps us in the loop, but we can't access any of your funds. I can't move them. I can't spend them. I can't do anything with them. Okay, because that was what I was thinking. I was like, well, you know, if these guys have your keys, then, uh, you know, whatever reason, you got an employee who all of a sudden decides, you know, I'm ready to jet to Tahiti. You know, that could happen. But um, so also, what if what if that, that that that's going on and, and he dies suddenly and I call you guys and I'm like, hey, he died. I need the Bitcoin. Well, that's that's <laughs> that's the cool thing about what they do. Right. Right. Ron. So. Yeah, there is um, some options you can do with that. And we're constantly looking at and reworking that product because when it comes to things like inheritance and estate planning, it's still super new in this industry. There's some good resources out there with some books and some products, but I think people are still kind of figuring out some of the nuances with that. So as you said, you know, if your, your partner or your spouse dies, unfortunately, we don't know when that's going to happen. As that could be years into the future. So when you look at those products, you want to ask yourself, is the company still going to be around to facilitate migration yeah. of the funds or to move things over if we need them to? Exactly. And we've built our product where there's sovereign recovery. So if Casa never, if we get nuked or the, you know, the government comes in and says you have to shut down, you guys can have all the material you need to be able to do the things you can do on your own independently with hardware to move away from that system. So those are some things that you want to ask yourself. The other things I don't think people are really tackling, like, is that a taxable event? If you're transferring ownership from one entity to another, how does that work with things like taxes? Who's right. really the custodian? Is that company going to be a custodian, temporary custodian or arbiter to prove identity? Um, and then the other question I like to ask is what happens if someone says I'm dead and I'm not? Right. So how do I attest and go, well, no, Ron's still here. Don't touch my Bitcoin. Right. So there's a lot that really goes into that. And I think people are trying the products, but they don't have the experience yet or the knowledge to do that correctly. And that's what we're trying to do at Casa. We're trying to come up with ways that this makes it easy for the customers and the, the users to facilitate that stuff in a way that even if we're not around in 20 years when that event happens, you can still do what you need to do. So Got it. Tamara and I had a, an event happen where it was Saturday at, in the evening. I logged into my bank account. Friday. 
Friday. Oh, right. Friday after five. Logged in our bank account and our savings. It actually was Saturday, I think, because banks are open half a day Saturday. So, yeah. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> okay. So, Saturday, logged into my bank account mm-hmm. and our savings and our checking account was wiped out. Okay? Gone. Gone. All our money was gone. Someone had withdrew. Okay. Our, all our money. Mm-hmm. So, it was Saturday in the evening. I'm like panicking. I call <laughs> the local police. I'm like, okay, what the fuck do I do? They're like, oh, well, you know, you need to call your bank. I'm like, well, my bank's not answering. It's a local, it's a decent sized bank, you know. Um, well, and, they did have the 800 number we called, and they're like, oh, we we can't tell you. We can't, uh, we can't you. tell you if you're going to get that money back, or, you know, you're just going to have to call on Monday. <laughs> so, so, like, um, fun. And, Monday, I went, you know, obviously because it's FDIC insured and all that, the bank was, even though they, the bank lost out because someone stole her, had her ID somehow. Don't know. Walked into a branch (laughs) in some other state. Made one because I have never lost one. So, but yeah, in another state. And withdrew our money. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't know how this happens, but anyway, just because your money's in a bank, it's not necessarily safe. But I will say that we were able to get our money back because, you know, it was fraud and stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was my point? I mean, I have no idea what oh, your point ever okay. is. <laughs> now, that's what the, you know, the thing with, okay, people are like, well, Bitcoin solves this, right? Well, here's the problem with Bitcoin. Like you mentioned, your ledger fails. Okay. And I had this happen. All right. I My ledger bricked. It was during one of the updates and it bricked and it was like, in a bootload error situation. And um, it was like, okay, the only way to rest, you know fix this is you're gonna have to restore your seed phrase. You got that written down, right? Um, you know, this is the website talking to me and I'm, right. obviously <laughs> I'm not a moron and I did that well, but still my heart is still like, you know, who uh, yeah. entered my seed phrase, it restored the device and everything's all good. Um, but th- these little points of failure like this, and if you have everything on your ledger, you know, and you and you, d- you say you don't have that written down properly, or you don't have it, you know, which I recommend is one of those like metal seed phrase uh, safe oh, yeah. things. You know yeah. what I'm talking about, Ron? Those yeah. like where you actually you like etch the yeah we yeah. you etch it into the thing. So or then clip it's not, it, whatever. It's not like a piece yeah, of yeah, like, like crypto crypto steel and steelies and some of the other things that are out there. Yeah, yeah if you don't have that, you know, you're kind of fucked. But um. Because these devices, I mean, you think about it, they're just basically like little USB sticks that sign the, the transaction and stuff. I don't know the technicals of it, but they're, they can fail. And they're constantly updating them and whatever. And I hear about people who are like, yeah, I, I keep my all my, crypt, all my Bitcoin in a paper wallet. And I'm like, duh. <laughs> you know, like a paper wallet's like, no, don't do that. You know, and you know, I'm trying to convince them, like, get a, at least get a ledger, get a treasure uh, and put it on there. And then... It takes me to the, you know, well, their thing is, yeah, but the, I don't want someone showing up up at my house because, you know, because of the ledger hack thing that just happened and people are getting all these fucking emails and texts like with their fucking address. Mm-hmm. I know your name, so oh, and so. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is your address. I know you have Bitcoin. I'll, you know, I'm coming over unless you send me, you know, whatever. Right. Uh, but still, that's the safest thing right now, right? A ledger or treasure? Yeah. So you're kind of walking the natural security progression with storing your own assets. And it is, it's a little bit scary, but you're, you're taking on the risk that some of the banks and institutions take on for the freedom and kind of being your own bank and controlling your funds. I loan who I want to, nobody can tell me what to do with it. But in your point, if I lose it or I don't take the proper precautions, there is no FDIC insurance. There's nobody for me to make a claim to. There's no revert button. So it really is coming up to speed on the education, or if you don't have time to do that, relying on the experts that are proven in this industry. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot of like imposter syndrome of people that are security experts or people that, you know, I do this and I'm on a paper wallet, so that's what you should do. Mm-hmm. Well, paper wallets, you should not be doing that in current day. As you said, you should be moving to a ledger. And that's the next question people ask is what happens if my ledger is broken or stolen or something happened? So that next logical progression is multi-signature. Mm-hmm. And to your point with, with CASA, we like to advocate like seedless setups. And it kind of goes against what everybody's been trained, write down your seed word, write down your seed word. But when you start at, implementing multiple hardware devices into the mix and recovery keys where you can get 
uh, an entity to sign one, one of those keys. It makes it so that in your situation, if your ledger was bootloaded, you would contact us, we would ship a new one out to you, and we would rotate that into your multi-signature key set. So your phones would have never been at risk. It would have been the one key out of your key set that was lost. So what you're seeing is you're kind of seeing the natural progression of, well, I have this system. I've now identified a risk. What happens if that fails? Well, let me move to this and start etching on steel. Well, what happens when the maintenance guy steals my safe when he's fixing the pipes in my apartment, right? So then what can I do to protect that? So it's kind of the natural progression and, and it really leads to a multi-signature solution which takes a lot of the onus off of people to have to do things like retain seed words. Now you do need to take some steps to be geographically dispersed. You wouldn't want all your keys in the house so that when the ledger hack happens and somebody shows up, they get a quorum to be able to move your funds. Right. <clears throat> you would want to avoid that with geographical redundancy. But I can tell you some of my information has been in these, these database leaks. My friends have been in the, the ledger leaks and because of their security setup, they're not worried about the person showing up. They've got their own physical protection with mm -hmm. firearms or training or dogs, security setup. But they also understand that even if somebody got in here and tried to compel me to do something, I can't even do it without traveling to three or four places to make it happen. And by adding that time in that window, it makes it way harder for an attacker to pull that off. So that's a good point. You guys should sell. You know how in the yard you've got the security sign, you know, guarded by Brinks. You know, right. you have a sticker on the door that says, "Look, even if guarded you try to come in here and steal my my Bitcoin, you can't because it just won't happen." Um, but you know, there's. Sorry, I was going to say we discussed that internally, but uh, as the head of security, I don't know if I want people putting signs on their lawn saying that they're customers with our product. Exactly. I'd rather they kind of hide within the noise. Right. I, right. I don't like the protected protected by EDT signs. That tells me what type of security system you have. And if I look up the PDF, I can probably find out that the admin code is 12345 and <laughs> you, the homeowner probably did not change that. Well, what we Love do it. here in the South is we put a sign that says beware of owner and we have guns on the sign. And that pretty much does a great job. And being that we live in the South and yeah. we're all very well armed, people tend to not fuck with us. It also helps if you have like weird stick bundles hanging, you yeah, know, like, in your yard yeah, and like, baby uh, doll heads and stuff yeah. like that. That's yeah. always helpful. Blair <laughs> witch totems. Yes. 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 Totem. That's the word I was thinking. I was trying to think. Uh, yeah. You know, well, um, I, we, we got to see Andreas Antonopoulos speak at in Vegas, Las Vegas at Hoshokan. Mm -hmm. And great. One of the things, yeah, I love that guy. Uh, one of the things that he said, you know, so, okay, someone breaks in your house. Uh, you've been on crypto Twitter bragging, which I don't recommend how much crypto you have. Yes. Everybody <laughs> that's listening, don't do that. Don't show your portfolio balance, you know, because you're just making yourself a target. All right. But let's say you're dumb enough to do that. And all of a sudden you get a knock or it won't be a knock. They're not going to knock. They're going to bust your door down. And they're like, I know you're crypto rich. Okay. I'm going to torture you and kill you or whatever if you don't give me your crypto Fun. so yeah this is a pleasant <laughs> picture but Antonopoulos recommends and you know what do you do in that situation because you got some crazy guy who's like yeah I don't care whatever you're going to give it to me in the just whatever you you have like some kind of like um he recommended like having something that you could give them basically that is not all your crypto but makes them uh, you know you, you follow me Oh, yeah, like, like a, a yeah, it's the, the ransom payment. Keep twenty dollars in the front right. pocket, but keep your wallet in the back. So if you get robbed, you get in the twenty. Right. I don't know if I advocate for that. It's an interesting concept. It's kind of the the my worry with that would be if that person has done enough research and has come to my house and is crazy enough to try to torture me to take my crypto. They probably know a lot of information. They profiled me. Right. So if they're expecting ten Bitcoin and I give them point one, right, that might just piss them off a little bit more. That's okay. what I'm what saying. What I would say is like, yeah, if you're in that situation, number one, I would take steps to protect your home and harden your physical presence. Uh, I'm a huge dog fan. I always advocate people get dogs. They're not the last line of defense, but they're great for alerting you to something. Yeah. And that 10, 15, 20 seconds to grab a self-defense weapon or block a door or get to a safe room, that's beneficial. Mm -hmm. um, I would advocate not getting into that position in the first place. And as you said, don't brag about your holdings, protect your identity. When you're using sites for buying things like hardware wallets, uh, obfuscate your identity. Like, right. why do they actually need to know your first and last name? They're just shipping you a package. Right. I get packages shipped to me with names all the time. I challenge my friends, come up with the funniest name and let's see if it actually gets through the mail system. Right. Let's, I don't want any of that stuff tied to me, but you're right. If someone gets you, there's not much you can do at that point. I would take the steps to protect yourself and harden your perimeter to buy yourself the time to stay protected.
What's the best dog? <laughs> I have a, uh, a few rescues. I'm a fan of pit bulls. And uh-huh. I know that they get a bad rap, but I only had good experiences. I have kids. They're great with my kids. Uh, I, I love rescue animals because I feel like they love you back way more. They yeah. have a little bit of a tough life and know what it's like out there. Um, but the one of my one pit bull, Sergeant Puppers, mm-hmm. play on beetles, right? Yeah. He's yeah. amazing. Um, best guard dog ever. And oh. bird in the yard, he's out there looking. And he's not barking, but he's letting me know there's something in there I need to be, be aware of. Yeah, I've, I had pit bulls when I was younger, and they would follow me everywhere and keep an eye out for me. I love them. And I think that it isn't about the dog. It's because I had chows, too, and they have a bad rep, too. But it, sweetest dog in the world. So I think it's just how you train them, you know, uh, or past owners or things that have happened to them, I guess, in their life, too, just like humans. <laughs> well, a lot of them. 100%. Well, some, of the, some of the meanest dogs I've seen are, like, the small, smallest yes. little little poochies that you think are super cute and they're the ankle biters right they come and get you, and you can't, yeah. can't do anything yes the the tiny brain they're like they think that they're all that they will piss on the floor out of excitement to see you but they're mean as hell <laughs> you throw those dogs at the no. person you get one of those little vicious dogs and you just throw them you slingshot them and they like ah. um so basically, when you get to that situation, if someone's in your home and they're like, you know, it's, it's the, the point is to mitigate those risks like before that can happen. Don't don't brag about how much crypto you got. You know, a lot of us are uh, we're Tamara and I are certainly not crypto rich, but there's a lot of like uh, people on on social media and crypto Twitter and places Clubhouse and stuff and and uh, that everyone knows they have you know decent amount decent amount of crypto and as the price keeps going up, you yeah. know, where are we at? 51,000 now. Uh, like you said, even, you know, a small amount of Bitcoin from, you know, a year ago. I mean, shit, man, it was $4,000 in March, you know, like, yeah, l- look at it now. It's like, and I guess what I'm doing now is talking about, I'm still like in shock um, about the price. Uh, and um, I don't know. It's so weird. I, and uh, did you expect it to how, how long have you been involved in bitcoin i mean did, did you think we would be here so quickly with the price i didn't think we would get here this quick well i've changed my mind over time i started in 2013 so i've seen it jump everywhere 200 1200 back and forth and then i got into other coins and kind of went back and forth so Price stuff doesn't necessarily phase me. I think it's more adoption. And the thing that's really surprising me this year is the amount of institutions getting into it, the amount of businesses talking about treasuries, which is another one that people aren't really getting a heads up on. Treasuries are looking to do this. And how do you do this securely? How do you grant those key holders access and revoke and rotate those things? But so to me, seeing that adoption and seeing the markets kind of couple with that, uh, um, I'm euphor- euphoric. This is the stuff mm-hmm. I, I really envisioned when I saw Bitcoin originally. And when I got into it, I thought it was fly by night. Like there's gotta be something wrong in the client. Let me try to hack it because there's some value. And then really saw the benefit and the freedom aspects. And, and you know, I grew up a black hat hacker. So I was not interested in the stuff the government was offering or going kind of that route. Right. I wanted the freedom, screw you aspect. I'm gonna do what I want with my money. So that really got me into it. And as I've been in the industry and worked in various exchanges and different places and educating people uh, this year, this year and last year has been really exciting for me. I think we haven't even seen the peak of it yet, but compared to where we were, we're peaking and that's super exciting. Do you consider yourself uh, a maximalist? Are you, do you mess around with shit coins at all? I, I, I go back and forth. So I was, I think, more originally in the maximalist camp. And when they started talking about colored coins, which eventually came up with the concept of like ERC-20s, I started to play around with that stuff. So what I would say is, um, you know, working at exchanges where you deal with a thousand different coins, you have to be a little bit of an expert, some a subject matter expert in a little bit of all of them. Mm-hmm. And with Casa now, I get to focus on Bitcoin. So I get back to the one, the, the biggest one that's out there, best network security, the one I started with, the one I love. And I like it because now if I want to mess around with other coins or play around with that stuff, I can do it in my free time as a hobby. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw you guys were at ETH Denver. I just did the, the hackathon for that recently. Cool. Oh, cool. So like, even though I am working in the Bitcoin space, I, I do contribute educationally and like with projects and hackathons to other coins. 
That's awesome. Yeah, so um, obviously the NFT scene is blowing up right now. I mean, there's crazy things yeah. happening with, uh, ex- especially in the the NFT art scene, and they're starting to do like, you know, all kinds of new stuff beyond just like gaming too. Yeah, gaming. Like our sponsor Gala is yeah. doing some cool stuff with NFT gaming, uh, owning your own in-game assets and things. Uh, but so. I, I, I spend some time on Clubhouse and a lot of the rooms are very much, you know, Bitcoin maximalist rooms. And one of the questions I w- was asking when I first got on there was like, you know, what about like the NFTs and stuff? And and they're saying that uh, aren't they trying to do something with like NFTs with Bitcoin? Have you heard of that? Yeah, there's some projects out there that are coupling that stuff together. I haven't looked into them to see if they're actually sending it on chain or if it's like a separate chain or database that tracks all of that. Um, I would be a little bit worried about fees. We're seeing that in Ethereum right now, right. transaction fees with different contracts and NFTs. Um, I don't know that much about on a Bitcoin. I look forward. I think NFTs are cool, yeah. but I think it's kind of the, the current flash. And yeah, I, I haven't seen anybody do this, and, and my moral compass points points to uh, to North, unfortunately. But I'm waiting for the first person to register the name Banksy on Rarible or one of these sites and just put up an NFT with the text digital value to see how much it goes for. Uh, with all the frauds out in the art world, I think that we haven't seen some of that in the NFT space. So it's growing and I love it, but I'm interested to see where it goes with the security aspect too. So I know that like um, I think Rarible or maybe OpenSea, you, you can get like verified or whatever. So you mm-hmm. somehow prove that you are Banksy right. uh, or Pranksy. But um uh, but I do see all the time, and it happened to an artist friend of ours, uh, where people are uh, just straight up minting their art and, uh-huh. you know, selling it as their own. Um, but yeah, I think the NFT thing is like, it's crazy, man. The the Beeple stuff, you know, with the like millions and millions of dollars. I just saw where he tweeted out that one of his dollar drops, you know, if you were if you could grab one yeah. on his uh, the nifty site, whatever, mm-hmm. he had all these little dollar ones. And I tried, but I couldn't get one. One of those dollar it sold for one dollar, just sold for eighty thousand dollars. Like on yeah. the secondary market. <laughs> like this is madness. Is it because Crazy. everyone's bored and they're stuck at home because of the pandemic and they're like, you know, a lot of a lot of crypto people are really rich right now because of the way crypto's gone up and they're just like they have this unlimited crypto to spend. But uh it's crazy, man. It's the NFT thing is is crazy. I think it's like a new renaissance yeah. know, kind of thing. Yeah. Very very similar to like the, the baseball cards and trading cards and pogs and anything right. you can get that's collectible that there's a lot of them x-men figures mm-hmm. right there's people that are, are grabbing them to me what's kind of sustaining that industry once once some of it cools off i think post pandemic and once other people have other things to play with um the nfts that are tied to things like music or albums so if i'm an artist and you want my show at red rocks i can send you a token that loads into a player that has the album associated with it and then if I want to trade that to you, I could do that. Or tokens mm-hmm. that give you things like membership to different websites, or you get drops if you hold this NFT. To me, that help comes come combat some of the, the fraudulent duplication aspect that you're seeing with these artists that are getting ripped off, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, our friend Blau is doing that. Yeah. He just dropped his, uh, I want to say it's like a new album on yeah. his website. He's doing it directly on his website and mm-hmm. it's it's the actual songs and you you get a whole vinyl thing is really cool I, I i need to go check it out after we're done but um yeah, yeah there's Love some wow yeah he was at was that Hoshikon? He was Hoshikon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was at Hosho. I was there. That was oh, a good set. Were you at Hoshikon? I Hoshikon. loved Hoshikon. Yeah. That was our first conference, oh, and it, I mean, nothing nothing compares to Yeah, Hoshikon. that was great. Uh, Shout out to Hartej. Yeah, I Hartej. love Hartej. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was fun, man. That good was guy. so fun. And, and, uh, you gotta write that down, Hartej. <laughs> all the, oh, yeah, we got to mention. I'm writing them down. Uh, we, uh, I miss the conferences. I mean, all everyone does. You know, we all miss interacting with each other in real life you know we're a lot more stuff is happening online like this f denver was a virtual conference it was really fun i was surprised um how actually it felt pretty close you know obviously it's not the same as going to a real conference but it felt really cool though it was was very interactive what was the website i can't remember that they used whatever platform that was was really cool um jammer jammer i don't Oh yeah, game jam or game jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a virtual castle, your avatar could walk through, and 
that was I give them a lot of credit. ETH Denver is a huge, mm-hmm. huge ETH convention hackathon, and they do it at a sports castle, which is like a old decommissioned multi-floor sports store where mm-hmm. people would test skis and ride down ramps and stuff. Ah. So they did like a virtual representation of that, which was was pretty cool. And that's hard to do because it's a great physical conference. So the fact that they were able to keep it kind of at that level for a virtual conference, I thought was neat. Awesome. Yeah, because I've seen some like quote unquote co- virtual conferences, and it's just like. It's kind of like just people on Zoom calls, you right. know what I mean? Oh, and they're yeah. all just doing yeah. these long <laughs> Zoom calls. And you're like, I don't really want to do that. This one was like, it felt very like, you know, it wasn't like I've seen like the, I think it's crypto voxels or one of those is very like, it's too like intense, like a uh, first person view. And it was very like sluggish and stuff. Oh, like yeah. this one was very like, it just worked. It was just good. I don't know. They figured it out. So shout out to those guys. At yeah, Denver. good job. Um, yeah. Well, so switching gears here, we have a friend named Eclectic Method. And he does oh, these yeah. crazy like Johnny. Uh, Johnny. Yeah, he does these. <laughs> check him out on Twitter. He makes these like he says like video DJ and he does it on his uh, yeah. through the Token Smart Discord. Mm-hmm. Like he does like a set and he's playing all these badass like videos, but he chops them up and it's like it's fucking cool yeah it's really really cool he had um he's doing a collab with uh bootsy collins you know mm-hmm. of parliament funkadelic oh yeah yeah, yeah. he bootsy. um so they're doing like a nft collab um but um they were on clubhouse yesterday and they were talking uh, uh johnny was talking to um bootsy and another person was hosting i can't remember their name right now but it was phoenix something phoenix something mm-hmm. yeah and but it was so <laughs> sorry so fucking cool listening to bootsy talk about james brown yeah the stories uh, are great you know he was saying like you know bootsy this was james brown telling him as long as you you hit it on the one that's all i care about you can play all this other stuff but as long as you hit that one right you're good and um and then i went and read like bootsy's uh uh, Wikipedia page and he said that James Brown was like a father figure to him you know and and oh. really like you know because I think it was like 11 he, they were only like the background the backup, backup. band for mm-hmm. James Brown for like 11 months but a lot of the good songs that we all know came during that period but um yeah really cool guy he said that uh on the Wikipedia it was like he would always critique us and tell us how horrible we were but <laughs> you know after every show but uh he's thought of him as a father figure but that's just funny that's just to help him be better yeah but my <laughs> point is like because of technology now and all the social media and stuff and all these new platforms like clubhouse and and uh discords and all these these cool we're able to still connect and interact with each other during all this crazy shit and um i don't know somehow we're figuring figuring this stuff out and yeah. Made my day. Bootsy gave me a shout out on Facebook, uh, but I haven't been on Facebook in like five years. So I could not get on Facebook to yeah. see what he was saying. And it was driving me crazy. <laughs> yeah, he shouted us out I, on Facebook. That was cool. Was I love cool. it when when celebrities like that are getting involved. Bootsy's awesome. Mm-hmm. Lindsay Lohan was another one I saw on Twitter. That yeah, I saw did her own NFT with an album. Right. And then I know Soldier Boy, Soldier Boy was looking at it, too. And uh, it, it's funny you mentioned being connected. Somebody hit him up with the securities advice, like don't roll your own token because the Security Exchange Commission is going to come after you. Right. And if it's classified as a security, there's all this regulation. And he was like, oh, thanks for the heads up. I'm not going to do it now. And yeah. that's amazing that that tweet of whatever 100 characters totally changed his mindset to be like, all right, I need to adjust my business plan and figure out a way to actually make this happen legit. Yeah. I've been the, seeing. Go ahead. I was gonna say I've been seeing a lot of like celebrity or like even like quasi celebrities lately really like shilling stuff hard and I don't know if they're being paid like people are speculating like Justin Sun's paying him yeah. but uh, <laughs> I know that um, Sol- he says he's not <laughs> Soldier Boy was like getting a lot of like lo- everyone was giving him a hard time on crypto Twitter like they're coming at him because there was an event where he paid someone to to make his .f name and he gave the person his Coinbase Ethereum address. So it got, and the guy sent it apparently and it got lost in the whatever. And uh, Soldier Boy was all pissed like, yo man, you ripped me off and whatever, but. Remember like three years ago when the only celebrity we had was William Shatner? Yeah. Sad times, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> big sads. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, Elon <laughs> has always been tweeting about Doge, like if I can, as long as I can remember. Really? Yeah, okay. I think. Yeah, they they tweeted a bunch about the meme coins. It's it's great to see people getting in it. I would just say if the celebrities are getting in it, you know, find the experts, find the real information. Don't listen to crypto Twitter because oh, yeah. you don't want to take that celebrity stack and move it into a cryptocurrency or Bitcoin and realize you've now lost it. Um, right. That's not going to help adoption. That's not going to look good for the industry. So let's try to head that stuff off and educate some of these people as they're getting into it. Well, so the point of all this this conversation, guys, is to uh, think about what you're going to do with your Bitcoin. And as it gets you know more and more valuable, especially if you've been here for a little while and you've you're able to accumulate some of it and it's, it's worth it's worth something. Take the steps to secure that stuff and make sure that your spouse can have access to it if you were to croak. Uh, but make it smothered by a pillow in the middle of the night. But make it so she can't just take it while you're alive, right? Because you don't ever know. What the fuck? <laughs> it's half mine, you bitch. You literally just said you're going to smother me with a pillow. No, I mean, I was just saying hypothetically. Okay. <laughs> it could well, happen. It guys, won't now because, you know, this is on film. And, right. You know. <laughs> uh, but if you guys, you know, consider CASA as a, as a solution, it's sort of like the sort of like a, an insurance it is an insurance plan to where uh if you you know um god forbid you, you lose your your ledger and you didn't back it up properly or whatever these guys will help restore that and just it's another layer of a security for your bitcoin that brings up a good question what happens what, what do you guys step what happens if there's a divorce or something how do you guys handle so that? that was that was some of the stuff i was bringing up that you don't necessarily want to be an arbiter in those situations right. to say like you get it and you don't. So there's, I think, very clear cut legal lines and definitions of when these things should happen and when they shouldn't. Mm -hmm. What I will say is if you're a current CASA customer or somebody that's interested and you do want to take care of that type of situation where your spouse dies, contact us. Our, contact, our client advisors will work with you and try to figure out a solution for your situation. Mm -hmm. So there are some methods you can do today. But yeah, you're right. You do have to consider those things of people going through nasty divorce and the spouse says you're dead or has one key and now wants somebody to sign on that. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with those situations? And it's really building the system and getting ahead of it. Don't deal with the situation when it comes up. Make sure you've put things in place to deal with that before it comes up. And right. hopefully you never have to deal with that. Right. So, Tamara, you've got Bootsy Collins uh, Facebooking you, and now you're talking about what do we do in a divorce situation? Well, I can't even get on the pillows. Facebook. I mean, <laughs> get out I'm, of a, here. I'm a little worried. Uh, <laughs> you should be. <laughs> I mean, Bootsy Collins is like 69 years old, but he is Bootsy Collins. So what? What is that? That's that strong, strong NFT game too. Yeah, exactly. He's got <laughs> it's the funky style. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, listen, Ron. Uh, we want to thank you for coming on the show. I think we covered a lot of good no, stuff. No, I mean, does he have anything that he wants to specifically well, talk about? Yeah. What do you got? You got any shout outs? You got anything we should look out for from Ron Stoner? Yeah, I'm not done with this conversation. Uh, <laughs> I would say, you know, keep an eye on Casa. We have some interesting things and product enhancements coming out this year. We're always trying to work on that. And then the other kind of side project I'm working on, uh, I, I do a lot of planning and organizing for the Blockchain Village at the DEF CON Hacker Conference out in Las Vegas. Oh, cool. And they don't know if it's going to be virtual or physical this year, but we're really looking for researchers and security professionals that are doing real research. I, I, we're trying to get away from Dunning-Kruger and people that are like, hey, use paper wallets. We don't want that at this conference. We want people that are doing the hardcore research, that are doing white papers, that are really testing these things, battle testing and auditing them to come and present and help bring up the level of security because you know, Bitcoin and blockchain and all these technologies are just over a decade old in, some, in the oldest cases. Security is, is even newer than that. That's such a new industry and a new industry itself that we're still working and building all of that. So we want to start to foster that community and bring those people in. So if you're a security researcher, if you know somebody, uh, please reach out to me and the rest of the Blockchain Village staff. We would love to get you guys involved. Cool. cool. So, uh, and have you tweeted about that or is it pinned on your Twitter? How can people, uh, I'll put your Twitter at in the description of this YouTube video. So if you guys are watching this on YouTube, uh, you can follow. And how do people follow you on Twitter, by the way, Ron? What's your... They, yeah, they can find me at Forward Secrecy. Or if you want to uh, reach out, you can find me at blockchainvillage.net at our website. And there's a contact form there as well. Cool. Okay. And it's Ron Stoner on Twitter. Yeah. Real name. Yeah. 
Yes. That's a real name. <laughs> a real name. <laughs> and obviously, guys, check out Casa. Uh, if you guys are, you know, you need a, a good way to keep your, your Bitcoin safe. They're, they're becoming valuable now. And uh, you, you think about that stuff, you know, maybe maybe just having it sitting in your, in your ledger and the safe, maybe that's not the safest way to go about this. And certainly if you got the shit on a, on a paper wallet, you need to stop what you're doing right now and get that shit on on something better um right yeah so cool man well this was a good conversation i'm glad we had it it just happened it just randomly happened you know we we just happened to pop on clubhouse and here we are now and uh i'm bullish on all all of us really i'm bullish on all (laughs) all things in crypto scene i think we're doing good and even though the world is crazy right now and there's so much crazy shit happening and we don't know what the fuck's going to happen uh, we seem to we seem to be figuring it out somehow, and I think we will. There's good things happening. Yeah, yeah. At least Bitcoin's we, going we will, crazy. We will persevere, and I'm bullish on you guys. This was awesome. Thank you for oh, having cool, having me on to speak, and uh, yeah, hopefully we can talk again. Absolutely. Yeah. All yeah. right, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop the recording, but hang on for a second, and we'll uh, we'll chat a little bit. Thanks, Ron, for Thank coming. Thank you. On. Bye, everybody. Bye. Okay, guys, thank you for watching another episode of Euclid and Oaks. Shout out to our sponsors, Lisa at Coast to Coast Signings and Gala Games. Thanks to Ron Stoner for coming on the show. Check out Casa. All the information on how to get in touch with Casa and Ron is in the description of this YouTube video. Thanks for watching, guys. Bye. Apocalyptic.